<laughs> hey, miserable bitches. Why did you take a deep breath? I don't know. I always do. Just because I'm like, <gasps> here we go. I'm Cody. I'm Emily. And make sure you leave your manners at the door. Hey y'all! Ooh, country. <laughs> country bumpkin today. Yes, I am. Well, okay. Honestly, do you have any like news that you want to share? I don't. I haven't washed my face yet today. I have. I haven't. Will you? Do you want to? <laughs> I kind of want to wash it for you. I know. I'm still in my pajamas. I used to get facials a lot, and oh, I yeah. would always fall asleep. Okay, and I have a peppermint in my mouth, so I probably should spit that out because did you hear the way I just said that? Oh. So I'm going to take it off or out so that I can really focus on diction and pronunciation because some of these episodes that I listen to, I sound like I'm a slow person. No hate to slow. <laughs> okay, we're going to edit that. <laughs> no, leave it. Oh my God. But um, yeah, I'm really going to focus on enunciation and just really getting the point across so let's give it a try shall we shall we shall okay so let's just jump right in so i'm going to be telling the story this is a missing persons case but it's kind of obvious that she's most likely dead but they just haven't found her body okay right when you've been missing how long is it when you're missing that they declare you Dead. Um, is it ten years think, or is it different? Say, by I was going to say ten years, but okay. it's but that also depends on if the case is like actively being worked on, right? Oh. So hers is still being worked on because new um, evidence is popping up like randomly. Um, oh. So she's not considered dead per se, but she's a missing person, and the clues throughout this story is kind of going to indicate that she did die and how she died. But again, there's no clear evidence of her body, so. Which is scary. Right. Um, okay. So like I said, missing persons case. This is the story of Brittany Drexel. Um, this all happened Saturday, April 25th in 2009. Um, and that's the day that she went missing. And she went missing from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And she was 17, year old, 17 years old when this happened. And I also thought that Myrtle Beach was in Florida. Oh my God, so did I. Like Myrtle, it just sounds like a Florida... I know. So do I. Because this whole time, like... Well... When I first even heard of it, I always thought it was what You're rubbing that, and it's going to sound on the mic. Okay, I'm sorry. There was something dusty, and I was <laughs> clearing um, the dust. Do you need some chapsticks? Yes, there? actually, no, I don't. Um, okay, so let's get into it. So Brittany Drexel was born October 7th in Rochester, New York. She went to school um, at Gates Chile High School. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Chile High School. Mm -hmm. She was the oldest sibling and had two younger siblings named Marissa and Camden. And it is reported she was a wonderful, protective big sister. Mm -hmm. um, her two younger sisters were around seven and five. 
at that time. And her mother, Dawn Drexel, said that Brittany, when she was younger, Brittany just loved being like the center of attention. She was the limelight. There was like multiple baby videos of her just like being a diva, like being a total character, dancing around in a tutu, putting on a show for everybody that was watching. So she's like a total character. Kind of sounds like me when I was little, minus the tutu. Well, right. actually, maybe there was a tutu involved. <laughs> I did really want a horse's tail. So oh, the yarn tail. The yarn tail. I always had to wear a yarn tail. But anyway, so she was super goofy and a total ball of fun. Uh, Brittany and her mother were very close, and they would do literally everything together. Okay. Um, Dawn was married at the time to a guy named Chad Drexel, who is Brittany's stepfather. Mm -hmm. um, but Brittany took his last name because they just had a really, really, really close bond. I love that. Uh, Brittany's biolog biological dad, um, his name was John, and he and his mother had Brittany when they were super young, so it's not like they had, like, a horrible split. They were just young. Um, John and Don. John and Don. <laughs> they split uh, after they had had her for, again, she was very, very young, so John actually ended up moving to Tampa, Florida for a job opportunity, um, and so since that was so far, he rarely ever saw Brittany um, but luckily, like, he ended up reconnecting with her about a year after, she, or a year before she went missing. Okay. Um, and he was super devastated when he got the, the news because uh, they had just started becoming super close. They would, like, video chat. They would, like, call yeah. each other, like, do all sorts of stuff. So it was really hard on him to know that she passed away right when they were building their relationship back up. Okay. Um, but luckily, Chad stepped in. And so Brittany was technically never really without a father figure. Right. So, unfortunately, Don and Chad, at the time, were in the process of splitting up when all of this happened. Hmm. Um, and this was really hard on Brittany because she loved Chad so, so much. Um, I couldn't find any reports on, like, why they were separating. Mm -hmm. But I do know that it was in the process of being official. Okay. So, something kind of interesting about Brittany is that she was blind in one eye. So she had what was called uh, PHPV, and it's something that you're born with and usually happens um, in twins, um, but it happens in the major artery of your eyes. So she wore corrective lenses a lot just because um, those lens would keep her eye from kind of being a lazy eye. Like drifting? Yeah. So, because apparently when you have um, PHPV, I almost said HPV. I know. <laughs> BHPV, the muscle around the eye is very weak, so it causes the eye to drift over to the side. Okay. But, you know, sometimes people wear glasses to kind of fix that issue. Uh -huh. She just wore a corrective lens so she could see. Because you can't tell in pictures, no. at least. I'm, yeah. Um, I didn't know that until you just said that. <laughs> I did not know that. Right. And um, a lot of the times, and the reason why I said this, that's like some random news, but the reason why I said it is because it usually happens in premature babies as well. Um, I couldn't find out if she was premature, but I will tell you she's super tiny. She was only five feet tall and barely weighed a hundred pounds. So like goals? No, I'm kidding. But I don't want to be five pounds or a hundred pounds. I, I mean even, five feet. Oh my god. I didn't even think about this, but I'm I know a little bit about the case and it uh -huh. gets kind of dramatic and scary and to think too that you could only see so much. I know. That makes it even more horrifying. Right. No, totally. Yeah. Damn. I wouldn't but I wouldn't want to see that with two eyes. Well, I know, but if <laughs> you're know. trying to like But look on the bright side, at least she had one eye. She had <laughs> both eyes. Oh, oh yeah. my god. So 
Anyways, she was a star soccer player in high school, and everyone reported that she was, like, a beast when she was on the field, and she could, like, zip right through anybody that was, like, playing, and I think it was because, like, for her small size, she uh-huh. could just, like, weave in and out of people, um, and also, on top of that, being, like, a sporty person, she was a total, like, fashionista, she loved getting dolled up, she loved doing her makeup, she loved fixing her hair, um, she loved modeling and, like, did a lot of, like, amateur modeling photo shoots, um, you know, like the ones where you kind of like look over your shoulder, like kind of like glamour shots almost. Okay. Um, so there's like a lot of that on, um, you know, when you look up her name. So on top of that, her real aspiration though was to become a cosmetologist. Like oh, I said, nice. she loved, um, everything about hair and makeup and her dream after she graduated high school was to go to cosmetology school. Okay. Um, and they also said that she would change her hair color up all the time. And, like, there's pictures where it's, like, brown, where she, some she has extensions in, some it's black, some it's blonde. That's cool. Um, so she was constantly, like, changing it up. But, like, on top of all of that, Brittany was absolutely gorgeous. Um, in a lot of the pictures that you can find of her, she's smiling, she's laughing, um, she's with friends, um, she's has pictures of her like holding a like a little toad ah. um she even has a like pictures of her and her dog like all sorts of photos she just looks like she was loving life i like that well so, that makes this even more tragic i know so let's fast forward to april 2009 she's now 17 years old and she is a junior in high school and she was dealing with a lot at this age not only are her parents going through the divorce Mm -hmm. but their house was also in foreclosure and they were going to be moving out of the house very soon this was the house that she grew up in so she had a lot of memories at that house and it was just really hard on her um you know going through like hormones the teenage girl stress and drama um and on top of that she had some family issues that she was going to uh going through as well um now at the time she did have a boyfriend named john greco um, and you can tell by a lot of the interviews um, that he did, you know, he truly loved and adored uh, Brittany. And don't worry, he was not involved in this case at all. Um, but at least she had somebody there, you know, for her, you know, when she was going through all these difficult times. Right. So they were dating for about two years. But even at this time when this was happening, um, they were going through their own uh, rocky points. They weren't going to break up or anything. They were just kind of going through one of those trials and tribulations in the relationship. Um, But again, just on top of everything that she's going through, you know, throw the boyfriend drama in the mix. Yeah. She's going through a lot, right? Right. Um, So she ended up being diagnosed with depression, um, Mm -hmm. but she was given medication for it, which she told multiple people, including her mom and her friends, that she felt way more stable um, and there was no indication to harm herself. And the only reason why I say that is just because obviously this is like a traumatic event that's going to happen, but there was no indication that she would ever, you know, harm herself. Okay. Um, Because like I said, she had so many aspirations in life that she was looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of where we get into what happened. So she wanted to go to spring break like any other 17 year old in high school. Um, And this was like a huge thing at their high school. Like everybody went to spring break, Um, but it was typically with the seniors only. Um, So keep in mind, she's a junior at this time. So I think she just wanted to go just to get her mind off of everything, right? She just wanted a little break. She wanted to go to the beach, get her mind off of all the stress that was going on in her life. Um, She was asked to go by some of the older kids, senior kids, and the girls that she was going with, she didn't know. Like, she had no idea who they were. So none of her friends wanted to go. None of her friends went. None of them were invited. She was the only one that was invited. But why did she have to be invited? Why didn't she, her and her friends just 
plan a trip. Well, I think that these, so these kids had cars. I'm not sure if Brittany had a car or not, but like they were already going. They already had a hotel room. It was like, hey, you know, why don't you join us? Mm-hmm. And these girls were like the popular girls. So I also think Brittany was like, you know, I would feel cool if I went with a bunch of seniors. Why didn't they go somewhere closer? That is so far. I know. So, so far. So you led right into what I was about to say. It was, they went to Myrtle Beach and it was 14 hours away from Rochester, New York. Um, so yeah, very, 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 very far. Um, but so she asked her mom, she was like, Hey mom, can I go with so-and-so and so-and-so? And And her mom was like, absolutely not. Like, first of all, I don't know these girls. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you don't know these girls. Third, you're 17 years old. These kids are 17 or 18, 19 and 20 year olds. And there's no adult supervision. Like, absolutely not. And she's a minor. Right, exactly. So her mom said no. Even so, then Brittany went up to her dad. I was like, dad, please, you know. I think she was thinking, you know, they're going through a split. Like, let me, you know. But he was like, absolutely not. You're not going. So they both were agreeing on this. So Brittany finally was like, you know what? Fine. I won't go. But she was plotting. She told her mom, fine, but can I just go stay a few nights with my friends? They also lived in Rochester. And Dawn agreed. She was like, yeah, that's totally fine. If you and your friends like want to just have like a, the week to hang out, totally fine. I just want to talk to um, your friend's mother just to make sure, you know, okay. we're on the same page, yada, yada, yada. Um, so Dawn was on the phone with somebody who she thought was the mother, but it ended up being one of the two girls that invited one of those senior girls who pretended to be a mother on the phone. My mom would have been like, my mom would have caught on immediately. I know. And also, like, did this girl take, like, really good acting classes? Like, I feel like it's kind of hard to be a mother. When you're 19 years old, like, or 18 years old to, like, sound like a mom? I don't know. My mom would catch on. Not only that, but they're like, who does spring break in high school? I know you said you did, but, like, that's a massive trip to take in high school. Yeah, we would only go, like two hours away to the coast like to the beach crystal beach not even that fun no so dirty uh, water i know so she got the clear to go and the next day they pack up and head to myrtle beach okay. again her mom thinks she's going to her friend's house so her boyfriend john knew that she was going but she was like please don't tell my mom and he of course agreed uh she told him that she really wanted him to go too that they could you know use the little getaway um but he had work and he wasn't able to go but she was bummed about this he was bummed about it but he was like you know at the same time like go have fun like i'll be here i'm just gonna be working call me text me whenever you need me go have fun mm-hmm. um so the entire way down to myrtle beach she's texting her mother she's saying she's having so much fun everything's going great um at one point um she told her mom that she was just gonna go watch a movie at her with her friend and they were just gonna go to sleep so on thursday april 23rd is when they arrived to myrtle beach and she arrived with the with the two girls, so Alana Lippa and Jennifer Oberhair. Um, and they were also with Jennifer's brother, who is also Alana's boyfriend. Woo. His name's Phil. And then they were with Jennifer's boyfriend as well. So two couples and um, Brittany. So it was kind of like set up for her to bring her boyfriend, but that didn't work out. Um, and they also had three other guys that were meeting them there too. That, that's, I don't know. Yeah. For me, I'm like, and they're older. I don't know. I just don't trust it. Yeah. And Alana and Jennifer were like known in their high school for being like the party girls. And they are two really pretty girls. You can just tell that they, you know, are those kind of like mean girls, like the Regina George. I was literally about to say Yeah. That. But um, 
And they were also like into drinking. They were into drugs. They, you know, oh, wow. they loved the party life. And this was not something that Brittany had ever really had experience with. Oh. So she also was thinking like this, you know, this could be fun. You know, I'm going to get away and hang out with some different people. So, but in the back of her, I mean, I don't want to blame anybody, but mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like <clears throat> how naive we are in, in, in high school and as teenagers without living and, you know, experiencing life, yeah. you, you're going to try something like this, but think of the repercussions, the fact that you don't have a good friend there mm-hmm. to take care of you right exactly like if you get sick or if you you know just don't feel comfortable there's no one really there that you kind of trust and i'm assuming they're gonna walk everywhere mostly when they're there so like yeah what if like they walk off and they're oh she's in the bathroom she'll come right like she's too drunk or something yeah exactly so they okay they're gonna be staying at the bar harbor hotel on north ocean boulevard and this is like on the main strip so there's a lot of bars, there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of vendors. So there's a lot going on on this strip, and they were just, like, in the, the middle of it. Okay. Um, so that night, they went to a club called Club Kryptonite. And that sounds she, terrible. I know. And she met up with this 20-year-old guy named Peter Brazowicz. And she actually knew him, though. So she knew him from Rochester. That's where he had been, um, and, or that's where he grew up. And they had been friends for several years. So she met up with Peter, who was actually the club promoter at Club Kryptonite. <laughs> And with him was four of his friends, Keith Cumming, Matt Abraham, uh, Anthony Schmizzy, and Anthony Collins. So they all hung out. Nothing wrong happened. That was reported. There are photos of them hanging out that night. Um, and Brittany is visible in a lot of the photos, too. Looking like she's having a lot. There's a lot of selfies involved. It looks like she's really enjoying her time. Um, in some of the photos, though, you can see alcohol involved, of course. So I'm assuming they either had, like, fake IDs or, like, this Peter dude was like, oh, I can get y'all uh, drinks. I mean, yeah, he's promoting a club, but, yeah, he can't even drink right. himself legally. But. Exactly. But so I think... I, there's no report saying that Brittany drank or that she got drunk, but there is alcohol involved. So just keep that in mind. So um, Peter was a person of interest on this case, but since he, he has since has his name cleared. Okay. Um, but I just don't really like him. Uh, I'll get into it later why, but he's been in some interviews and he's just like a dick. Like he just doesn't yeah. really seem to care about the situation at all. Again, this is really kind of the only person on this trip that Brittany even knows. Right, so I'm sure and, just, like, maybe she clung to that person. I don't know. Right, exactly. So April 24th, the day after they arrived in Myrtle Beach, she was texting her boyfriend already, telling him that she was not having fun. She said that the girls were being super mean to her, they were picking on her, and that she felt very alone and that she was doing a lot of things by herself. She would cry to him on the phone. She said she would walk up and down the strip just wanting to be alone, or just wanting to go home, but she would be by herself. Um, And he also said that she cried a lot. Um, And she also mentioned that she was kind of like the center of everybody's jokes. And it was just Uh, miserable for her. So it's not like she could, you know, catch an Uber at the time. They didn't have Uber. It's not like she had money to, like, get a plane ticket home. You know, her parents didn't know. Like, she's kind of stuck and just there to wait it out, pretty much. So she's walking on the strip on Friday all alone. And when she was walking down the strip, she had a bunch of, like, weird guys, like, catcalling at her, and it made her feel super uncomfortable. 
she finally saw a young guy her age and like ran up to him and was like, hey, can you please walk with me? Like, I feel really uncomfortable. And so this guy walked with her and he actually went back to her hotel with her. Okay. Um, nothing sexual, but like she basically told him like, I feel really alone. Like my friends are assholes. Like, do you want to hang out? And there's videos on his phone of them like laughing. They were like on the patio. He has a video on his phone of like her in the bed, um, sitting on the bed and they're just like talking with each other. I think it's kind of weird that he just took out his phone and started videoing it. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> back in 2009. Nine, I know. But, um, but yeah, so he was just kind of documenting their times. And apparently they had a, they had a blast. So, um, oh, and he was from the Midwest. So he was there for spring break as well. Well, I figured. But, okay, well, you said it's Friday. So this is at the end of the trip? They got there on a Thursday. So it's oh. just like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think, come back Sunday. So, um... Spring break was basically almost over. Yeah. So the next day, Saturday, April 25th, Brittany decided to go down to the beach near the hotel with Peter and his four friends. Um, and it was around noon. So they just kind of hung out, sunbathed, went in the water. Um, and Peter eventually drove her back to her hotel. But she left her flip-flops in his truck. So around 2 p.m. that day, Brittany's mom called... Uh, Brittany's mom, Dawn, called her. And Brittany accidentally told her she was at the beach not thinking, but Brittany's mom didn't catch on because there's beaches in New York. So she was like, oh, you know, they're just at the beach having fun. You know, she's like, okay, continue to have fun. Brittany was like, whoo, play that off. And the last thing that she told her mom was, mom, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I love you. And that was it. So they must have been leaving damn early if she was going to see her mom tomorrow. Yeah, they were leaving on Sunday. So around 8.15 that night, hotel cameras show her walking down the main strip again alone and it mm. shows that she's, like, heavily texting. Okay. Um, later, they found out she was texting John, her boyfriend, and then Peter and to get her flip-flops back. She needed them. So, um, yeah, she had left them in the car. So, she was on her way back to the boys' hotel, which was at the Blue Waters Resort. And cameras show her walking into the lobby, going up to the guy's room. And then when she went into the guy's room, 10 minutes later, she comes out with the flip-flops. So she didn't stay very long. She just got what she needed and left. But they said while she was in there, um, she was getting text messages from Jennifer, who loaned Brittany the shorts that she had on, and was telling Brittany that she needed to come back right now and that she wanted to wear them now to go out. Which, the girls were coming over to this hotel to just meet up to go out. I don't know why they can't just be like, oh... You know, I'll, you know, I want those shorts. We'll bring you a pair of shorts. You know, why did she have to go all the way back? Because they're mean. Yeah. So that raises a lot of suspicion to people. Like, did they want her to go back because, like, did they have a plan in place for this? Because this is where shit starts to go wrong. So Jennifer, um, so Brittany goes and she's like, you know, walking back and, um, Peter actually asked her like, hey, um, do you want me to go with you? And she like brushed him off and she was like i'm fine and like he later said in an interview she was like why well, he was like well i tried but she was like adamant about me not coming with her and was like had an attitude of course she's like pissed off you know be a friend and be like hey i'm gonna walk you i know you're mad right now but let me drive yeah. you or let me walk with you at least but she left alone so so his feelings got hurt right little bitch ass so at 8 48 there is a hotel camera footage of her walking out of their hotel of their hotel to leave um, and I'm going to post this photo on our Instagram too. So that everybody... that's when you showed me. Yeah. I showed you this one. Oh, and... so you always thought that was her walking into a lobby. That's her walking out. out. Like she's leaving. It doesn't even, it looks like a 
30 or year old woman. It doesn't 40, look like it her. It doesn't look I know. like her. So she's walking down um, the strip and she's texting John telling him again how miserable she is. And she told him that when she gets back to the hotel, she's not going to go out. She's just going to pack her bags and pray that she falls asleep because she's just wanting the, just the time to go away so that she could leave in the morning. Um, so the last text that he got from her was at 8.58. So somewhere between 8.48 when she left and 8.58 within 10 minutes, something happened. Mm-hmm. And that's only 10 minutes. So John said after he did not hear back from her, he was like, something's wrong. Um, because she had been texting him nonstop. They had been calling and yeah. he, he, she wasn't responding. So John started to freak out. Wow. And he was like, call me, like calling her, nothing. So he was like trying to use these like scare tactics. And he was like, hey, if you don't respond, I'm just going to tell your mom like where you are. Because he knew that would make her respond, right? And nothing. So he knew like, no, I actually do need to tell her mom. So he calls Dawn around 9.30. So this is 30, 32 minutes after the last text message was sent. So good for him for the, acting quick. The last text message from her? Or was that 8.58. Okay, so he, not hit, hit the last message he sent to her. Oh, sorry, did I say that? No, I'm just asking. Um, oh, yeah, so the last text he sent that he received from her. Okay. 30 minutes so later, quick. he's already reacting. I'm like, damn, I he's don't know if pretty, I would react that quick. I mean, he seems like the most on it. Right. So Dawn, of course, is furious, but then it like comes to, she's like, wait, Myrtle Beach? My daughter's 14 hours away? Furious. So Dawn was like, what do you mean she won't respond? Like, what was the last thing that she told you? And he's like, look, she's with these girls. She's with the girls that you didn't want her to go with. They're being mean to her. They're bullying her. She's having a horrible time. And now I'm worried that something has gone wrong. So, um, so Don at this point is in full panic mode and they're just calling her over and over and over again. John being the amazing boyfriend and great human overall that he is before, um, Brittany left on this trip. He was like, I don't mind you going. I feel a little bit weird that you don't know these girls. But can I have their cell phone numbers just in case of an emergency? I would have never. (laughs) I would have never. So he had their numbers. So he was like, um, they both started calling the girls over and over and over again. No answer. And to this day. Oh, and so Don was leaving them hysterical voicemails crying like, I know my daughter's with you. Like, I'm not mad. I just need to know that she's safe. Please, you know, give me peace of mind. She's hysterical on these voicemails. Did you listen to him? No, I couldn't find them. I don't know if I would want to either, though. But um, actually, I would, because I'm that kind of grungy bitch. But, yeah, so, and to this day, okay, don't to this that. day, they have not talked to anybody in Britney's family about it. Um, they clearly listened to the voicemails. They knew what was going. They, did, they just didn't give a shit. You know, they're more worried about, you know, probably fucking and trucking than helping this poor girl out and What's having trucking? drinks. trucking? I don't know. It rhymed. Oh, okay. I, there's a truck involved, so. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Don spoke with Peter um, because he did have his phone. And she okay. actually knew Peter. She didn't know he was there, but she knew Peter because, again, they were friends. And uh, he, he was from Rochester. Um, so, he uh, uh, told her as well, like, look, yeah, they've been having some issues. I saw her at this time. That's the last time I saw her. So, she's worried. And she calls the police immediately. But they couldn't do anything about it because they were still in Rochester. They needed somebody to come there to file the police report. And the girls obviously are not going to freaking do it. 
Um, so what Dawn did was call one of her family friends, John Hahn, who was a about... A lot of Johns. There's a lot of Johns. And he was only three hours away from Myrtle Beach. So Dawn tells him what's going on. He jumps in his car immediately and goes down to That's, Myrtle Beach. Okay. But he doesn't go to the police station right away. Um, he first stops at their hotel because he's like, I'm going to go in there and see, um, you know, if she's in there by chance, maybe she fell asleep. You know, you never know. Because she said that she was tired and that she was going to go to sleep. So he shows up at their um, hotel, knocks on the door. Uh, the hotel staff let him in because he's like, it's an oh, emergency. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. weird. No, the hotel staff let, let him in and all of her clothes were still there, but she just wasn't there. So he was like, this is not good. This is not good. So he drew, drove to the police station and started filing missing persons reports. Meanwhile, Dawn is getting on a flight to come to Myrtle Beach. What about Chad? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Chad is with her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't leave out Chad. So, um, so John Hahn starts talking to the police while he's filling out this report. And the police decide, hey, well, let, let me call the girls. But no surprise, they didn't answer. So they all then go to the hotel room together, um, which Brittany was staying in. And this is room 305, but again, nobody was there. So the police start looking through their stuff to just see any indications of maybe what could go on. And they didn't see anything uh, out of the ordinary, you know? Okay. Like looking for like maybe weapons or like, oh, a, okay, like a okay. note saying okay. what happened, but nothing. So then they tried to call Alana again and she answers, but she told police, um, I don't know where she is. And that was like it. They're like, you can't give us any information. She's like, no, I haven't seen her. And that was it. Uh, so they're like, well, okay. Hate so her. then the police called Peter and his friends and they kind of just gave a timeline of like how their weekend went. He was like, I saw her when she arrived. We went to Club Kryptonite. We hung out yesterday or this earlier today at the beach. She came over because she lost, uh, had her flip flops and then she left because she was going to go meet Jennifer to give her her shorts. And the police was like, okay. Um, so they actually are interviewing these guys, Peter's friends, and they told police that Jennifer and Alana, being the little bitches they were, were actually going to be switching hotels that night on Alana so that she would come back to the room alone. So that she would be alone and miserable on her last night. Probably, honestly, I don't think she would mind it. All right, well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, but also, what a fucking bitch. And also, were they going to leave her? Like, what if they left and, you know, didn't tell Alana? I mean, didn't tell Brittany. Like, that is so odd. And also, okay, I don't know if you said this, but it would have to be pre-planned. Because I would think if this is yeah. a spring break place mm -hmm. everything is going to be booked yeah and like also like what was the point of this you lose uh you have to repack all your shit for one night which makes a lot of people that read into this report suspicious on those two girls why the night that she goes missing why had you already planned to leave the hotel to get another hotel like were you trying to get away from a certain situation that you knew was going to happen because like I said, this is unsolved. So there's a lot of things that are very sketchy and like weird that's going on. Did police ever interview those girls? Um, they did, but they nothing was tied to them. They were not people of interest after a while. So okay, shitty. To make it even more strange, on that same night around 2 a.m., Peter and his friends just left Myrtle Beach. They did not get their deposit back. They uh, So they left the Blue Waters Resort and checked out at 2 p.m. and just booked it to Rochester um, sources say right when they got to Rochester, uh, Peter called up a lawyer and had a lawyer immediately. I guess this whole time I thought Peter lived there because he was promoting this. No, I think he had went down there for like 
um, spring break as well, but he was just promoting that club. Maybe he knew somebody within the club, you know, oh. see if you can get some hot girls in, you know, that douchey shit. <laughs> so I really don't know. Right. So that raises a lot of suspicion as well. Why did y'all leave? Did Were you trying to like, did you have like an oh shit moment when shit went wrong with Britney? I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on here, right? So Sunday, the next day, Don and Chad and her biological dad, John, and her boyfriend, John. So there's John okay. Han, the family friend, John, her biological dad, and then John, her boyfriend. Then so, Don, her mom. mom. So a lot of oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. yeah. But um, no, no. so they all went down to Myrtle Beach and started canvassing the area. They mm-hmm. were handing out flyers, talking to everybody they came across. They were talking to law enforcement. They were talking to um, you know, police, FBI. They were literally just going up to people on the beach and saying like, "Have you seen my daughter? This is what she looks like." Um, so this was being broadcasted on every single news outlet. So like it is on and popping at this point. They're like, bring my baby home, baby. <laughs> oh, that was probably. But like they wanted her home. Okay. I was just laughing at you. I know. Okay. So at this moment, there had been no activity on her credit cards and no activity on her phone. So they're like, dude, what the hell? So Peter was Got the it. first person of interest, like I said, but cause he was the last known person to come encounter with Brittany. Um, but the police started to question him and already by May 7th, he was cleared. Okay. Um, what they did find out though, while doing uh, a search that she was picked up by a street camera, it was picked up of her walking and she was going to a hotel, but it was not picked up of her going back. So somewhere in between the two cameras, there was no cameras like in between these two cameras. So they had her leaving, but not going back. So like something happened in between okay. just solidifying during that journey back. They work. they lost her on her way back to the hotel to return the shorts. Correct. Okay. Um, so somewhere in like that 10 minute span, remember from 848 to 858, yeah. the two cameras, something mm-hmm. happened. So she was like snagged off the street. So they're trying to narrow it down. Like where could it have been? What could it have been? The police are so like dumbfounded because they're like, this is spring, be- spring break around 9 p.m. People are out partying. Yeah. People are out having a good time and they're on the main street. Like, what happened? They're like, I'm thinking the first thing that popped in their head is that she was snagged and like got in someone's car. And uh, just there's so much chaos, I guess, going yeah. on in, on and, the strip. Yeah. And they also thought that, you know, maybe somebody offered her a ride to the hotel, like being friendly. You know, she's vulnerable at this point. She's like, yeah, you know, if someone's going to outreach to her and seems to show any sort of sympathy, I really feel like she would be like, you know, you know, that sounds nice. I'll get in the car with you. But that's not confirmed. So. This is, though, where investigation takes a weird turn. So they're going through her phone records, trying to come across anything that could give them a lead. What they find out is they actually need to switch their focus off of Myrtle Beach into Georgetown County, which is 40 miles away from uh, Myrtle Beach. They found a phone that her phone pinged at 9.27 p.m. that night going uh, south on Route 17. Okay, that's like 30 minutes So this is literally... Yep, exactly 30 minutes after she had left the hotel. She's already booking it down Route 17. So this happened quick. Um, Wait, she's already 40 minutes away? 40 miles away. So they're booking it, right? <laughs> uh, or I'm sorry. Yes, so Georgetown, Town, Georgetown County is 40 miles away. But at this point at 927, they're just headed there. So she's not already there. They're like, he- headed okay. on Route 17. I already so, have like a pit in my stomach. Like Yeah, so... And it looks like, so they think, oh my God, she's on the way to Surfside Beach, which is only seven miles away from the Georgetown County location area. So, but 
And they also confirmed that the speed of which the phone was traveling confirmed that she wasn't a car. She wasn't just walking. They got another ping at 1018. And then the last one being at 1158. And that was where it ended up being 40 miles away in Georgetown County called McClellanville. That's where it was picked up. So this area was also super close to a boat landing, which was on the North Shanty River. And then this is when her phone shuts off for good. So they're thinking, you know what, maybe they threw her phone in the water. Maybe she, you know, there could be a lot of shit. So at this point, they're terrified because she's not in the area anymore. And this area, the cops say, is completely covered in swamplands. There are a ton of wild boars. There's a lot of alligators. And it's like mentioned, this area is just not a safe area to be. Um, And she doesn't know the area. And I'm sorry, but like a lot of people, I don't think like, I don't even really realize how prevalent alligators are in the area because mm-hmm. I don't go near the water. But right. also, like, in somewhere like that. No, for real. Like, uh-uh. And it was also clear to them, though, whoever was driving her knew exactly where they were going because there was no, like, weird, you know, they were headed straight yeah. towards this area. I wonder how far the two... So the first ping, it was, like, they... It was, like, obviously highway. Right. And then... When they got the second ping, it was like after 10 or it was, something? Yeah, 10, 18. And then the I, final one was at 11, 58. I wonder how far apart all those were. Yeah. And I don't know where those pings occurred. I just yeah. know the last one ended up being in McClellanville. And the thing is, like, too, I've heard di- differing things on pings, especially right. back, you know, yeah. 2009's long time right. ago. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, like I said, this started some... Chaos. They, they're freaking out at this point. So the next day, they call in patrol cars. They call in the sniffer dogs. They had helicopters. You name it, they're on it. And this is um, happening you know, uh, the very next day. So they were on top of it, right? Okay, so, so at this point, it's search and rescue. It's right. not, um, what is it, recovery. Right. So yeah. they continue this for 11 days. And after <sighs> 11 days... Nothing. No evidence. No nothing. Like zero. Zilch. So the family, unfortunately, they just kind of went home to regroup. Can you imagine that plane ride home? I know. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Because I'm sure they took her stuff back. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was, if it's an investigation, maybe the police had it. But even so, just like having to pack your things back and, and like... Knowing that you're not, you're, you're packing your daughter's stuff up, but she's not coming home with you. It just kind of really sets in. Yeah. And just think about your mom, like, you know how moms do, like, you know, they'll fold the shirts and like, you know, this sounds weird, but like the paint, like that is very sentimental. I'm sure the mom, while she's packing her clothes is like, where's my daughter? You know, like, how could I let this happen? She probably had a lot of guilt herself too. Um, you know, so horrible, um, So, like I said, 11 days, nothing. They're going home to regroup. So, a month after Brittany went missing, a man named Sean Taylor was arrested trying to abduct a 20-year-old girl right outside a Blue Waters resort around 4 p.m. Not only is the 4 p.m. a little crazy, that's broad daylight, but this is the same resort that she was staying at. Wait, Blue Water. I thought that was... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the guys. You're right. Yeah, so that's where she was yes, leaving when they only leaving. saw her leaving and then nothing else. Correct. Yep. Ew, I hate Sean Taylor. So, allegedly, is. him and another man jumped out of a van to try to grab this girl, but she put up a fight and she escaped. He was arrested, but shortly let go because he had an alibi. Okay? So, I'm not sure what happened, but he had an alibi and he was let go. 
A month later, a man named Timothy Deshaun Taylor, who is Sean's son, was brought in because he was brought up by several people in the area claiming that, hey, this guy's fucking weird. He hangs around here a lot. You should just investigate him. Um, after they spoke to him, though, they didn't really have anything on him. Um, but they told the community, hey, we'll continue to keep him in mind, you know, should something come up. So eight months go by and nothing. This case has gone cold, but finally they get a tip or what they think is a tip. So this tip leads investigators near the swamp area where the phone had pinged and they found a pair of sunglasses, which investigators were like, oh my gosh, this could be Britney's. What's weird about this though is the sunglasses were brand new and it didn't look as if they had ever been worn. Um, it looked like they were not sitting out there for an extended period of time. It looks like they were like purposely placed. So they tested these sunglasses and zero DNA came back. So, so police immediately were like, I think this, someone is trying to take their focus off of an area and lead them to an area that she's not at, right? They're trying to steer them away from their investigation at that McClellanville. Okay, but, um, okay. So, um, again, no DNA, everything goes quiet, and she's still just a missing person at this point. No evidence besides the phone pings, no body, no nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That is until 2016, Timothy Deshaun Taylor is brought up again because he was arrested for robbery of a McDonald's in 2011, and he was the getaway car. And he served a couple years. He was the car? He was the getaway car. Like so driving the getaway car. So like his friends went in to rob, bitch. Did they ride him? He was the car. He was driving the getaway car. Oh, got you. And <laughs> I don't know why I said bitch. Like, I was so offended by that. But, um, so he did a couple year, uh, years probation, and the other people got some prison time. So the FBI was like, hey, this is a good time for us to chat with him, right? <laughs> so they sit him down, and they start talking to him about some things, and they bring up the Britney case again. Oh, I guess because they can make a deal with him if he's in prison. Yep. So while he is talking to FBI, uh, a near, an inmate at a nearby prison named Taquan L. Brown, this is the part I left out when I was first telling you the story, okay. sent a letter to prison officials and said, hey, I know you're talking to th uh, Timothy Deshaun Taylor today. Let me tell you what I know about the case. Um, and he says he knows exactly what happened to Brittany Drexel and it involved her being held captive assault, a gun, and lots of alligators. So they immediately wanted to chat with Mr. Brown. So he said that the people involved, this is what he, he told the police officials. He said that the people involved in this happened to be Timothy Deshaun Taylor and his father, Sean Taylor. So that was confirmed. Okay. What he did say, and this is terrible. He said that back in 2009, when Brittany was missing, he went to a stash house in McClellanville. And like, this is a place where you can like buy drugs, do trade, um, there's uh, guns, whatever else, you know, it's like a stash. So he went there to do a deal with Sean Taylor and he was going through the house and he saw Brittany being held captive against her will and was visually being sexually assaulted by not only Timothy to Sean Taylor in front of him, but 12 other men were all taking part of this as well. That's So he said that he ignored it and he went to the back to meet with Sean Taylor. And while they were just like talking and doing their trade off, Brittany bolts out of the house. Like he said he heard her bolt out. So he like caught his attention. He turned around and she's sprinting out of the house. But all 12 of those guys run after her and they beat her. They pistol whip her. 
drag her back into the house because at this point she was like dazed and like unconscious and she's only like a hundred pounds and probably skinnier at this point it's not like they were feeding her i'm sure wait how many months after? oh i'm sorry this was um a lot like within that 11 days oh period. okay so, well yeah. i mean still she i mean even so yeah and he's taking it back to 2009 so this is where the story's coming you from you can lose well i don't think they were probably feeding her no. very well and it's not like she was munching down on big macs i mean she's probably distraught so well, I don't know. That guy was the getaway driver. So At maybe, McDonald's. Yeah. So maybe he did bring some. But <laughs> that's a good point. But I doubt it. So, again, they pistol whip her, brought her back into the home, and then he heard two gunshots. Oh, my God. And then he saw them bring out something wrapped in a rug, and they chunked it into a large pit of alligators. Where? I know. So I'm thinking in my head, a large pit of alligators. I'm thinking there's like a fence with like alligators in it. Like they like pets almost, but I looked it up and like, they call it like just like an area, you know, like swamps have like muddy, like, um, mud, like muddy water areas. That's kind of like a little set. I don't know if you've ever been to a swamp, <laughs> but like there's little Do sections. I'm... That's not like where the alligators basically just like hang out in like a pit like pretty much. sunbathe or whatever. Yeah. And they're just like in a nasty muddy pit and they just like sit, there's like not really water. They're just like hanging out there, but that's what the end. Apparently there was like 40 plus of these pits in this area. So again, high concentration of alligators. So they throw this person that's in this rug into the large pit of alligators. Um, he also did confirm with FBI that she had been sex trafficked and sold out to very Clearly. many men um, during this dis uh, disappearance. And so they were making money off her, right? But when they noticed that she was on all of the media outlets all across like, you know, websites and all that shit, it, it scared Timothy and his dad. So they were like, no, we've got to kill her to prevent us from getting caught. Like if she escapes, we're screwed. You know, if somebody comes in contact with her and she tells a story, we're screwed. So they made up in their mind that they had to kill her. And the case was just too high profile for them to, you know. Well, honestly, they're kind of stupid because you, why would, oh, I don't know. I guess all sex traffickers are kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, none of them really have their brain, right? Well, I mean, I was like, don't they take people like I've I've read cases where I'm just going to go off on a tangent. So never mind. I, I don't please don't save it for later. Uh, <laughs> Brady's father later came out and said that. So he was handing this is fucking crazy. Brittany's father later came out and said that he was handing out flyers to people in and around Myrtle Beach. John or Chad? Chad. OK. And thank you. And um, so he's, like, handing all these people flyers, like, where have you seen my daughter? This is what she looks like. Um, and he was actually stopping cars. He was like, stop. Like, have oh you gosh. seen? Like, he was destined to find his daughter. He stopped one of the cars and handed them a flyer. He said it was really weird. It was filled with a bunch of guys. The two guys in the back were whispering to each other. So he kind of caught on, and he was like, you know, hey. Secrets don't make friends. Right. But he was also like, this is fucking weird. So he explains to them, you know, why he stopped them. Have you seen my daughter? And the driver of the car looks at the flyer, crumbles it up. They all start laughing, and he throws it at his face. So he's like, well, that's Ew. fucking rude, right? This is where it gets weird. He later found out from FBI that the guy who was driving that car was Timothy Deshaun Taylor. And that's why they were laughing. They knew who the girl was. They knew who the father was because he was on, you know, the news, like, giving... Pleading. Pleading. And it was later confirmed that that was 100% him because Timothy said in one of his interrogations, he was like, yeah, I met him. I saw him. He Now he later kind of goes back on his word because he's like, oh, God, I just pinned myself to this. But he was like, yeah, no, I met her father a couple of times and this is how. A couple of times. Yeah. 
Well, the family a couple of times. I think he, like, came across them, like, he well, lived... He's in, obviously canvassing that area. Right, it's exactly. It's, like, his job, right? Right. So, Timothy Deshaun Taylor did a polygraph test, and he also... Uh, and so, there's an interview, according to the Post and Courier, um, and it says, the federal prosecutors filed the paperwork the week ahead of a sentencing hearing likely to be scheduled in the coming week. So, now he is the person of interest, right? Okay. Now, that was in 2016, the documents revealed that Taylor had told the FBI about an argument that he overheard in June 2016. Okay, so this is this is uh, the uh, Daquan guy saying this, right? Okay, he heard an argument. He heard in an argument. Yes, he heard an argument, um, and so he said that the argument he was present for, right? In 2016. In 2016, and he was present. No. This came out in 2016, but he's just going back on an art. Like he's oh. he's kind of like giving them more clues to what could have happened. This is back in the time period of all the shit that was happening within that like 11 days. When right they were there, okay, right. Okay, okay. So Taylor um, was present for this argument, and uh, it came out during the polygraph test that he had heard the argument between two people, and I couldn't find the names of these two people because they're still um, investigating it, and it's like I don't want to say their name and then them not be involved, you know. Because people might be like, you motherfucker, when they're not really involved. I'm sure they would be listening. Right, right. They're tuning in right now. <laughs> so he said the two people were arguing, and he they were arguing about somebody having Britney's cell phone. Um, he also said that neither of these people ever confided in him, that they were involved in the disappearance. But the polygraph said that that part was not true. So basically, the argument story was correct. But him not having any involvement in it is when he failed. The lie detector test. It's just also gross that they're even like, right, saying her name. I'm like, so yeah. So how do you even know that's her name? Right. So the FBI were like, okay, this guy's trying to pass the buck on to somebody else, right? The what? Pass the buck. Have you heard that term? Like he's just trying to get the never. Well, is that a country term? It could be. So he did tell the FBI. He's like the argument got super heated. But he kept saying, I wasn't involved. I wasn't involved. He's mm-hmm. like, I think they brought Brittany, though, to some swampy land and just threw her phone in the water. So they were like, okay, can you tell us more? But that was all he said. So here's another interesting thing about Timothy Deshaun Taylor. So do you remember when he came face-to-face with Chad? Yeah. Um, while he was handing out flyers. Well, Chad mentioned that the driver of the car only had one arm. The drummer from Def the, Leppard? The driver of the car. I know, but the drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm. Oh, well, I didn't know that. But no, so this guy has one arm. So Sean, um, Sean Taylor has... Can I just ask how he crumpled up? I'm sorry, but how I'm... did he crumple up a piece of paper with one arm? Can you not do anything with one arm? You broke your hand for about a year. Did you? Could you do shit with your hand? Your not other hand? really. Well, he found out a way. So maybe call him up and get some pointers next time it happens. So, like I said, Chad said, hey, the driver of the car had one arm. Well, Sean Taylor has one arm. He lost his arm when he was four years old in a horrific accident, right? What happened? So that, I don't know. So that gave huge proof that Timothy Deshaun Taylor was the one driving the car and that he's 100% involved in this somehow, some way. But when the FBI brought it up to Timothy, he never said that never happened. He said, I don't really remember that happening. Ew. He said, I don't remember that happening. So they're like, okay, well, he's not denying it, but he's not confirming he's it. He's like playing with it. Yes. Them. So then the jailhouse informant, who was the one that put like the finger on Timothy Deshaun Taylor, 
mm-hmm. his name, Taquan, uh, he, this is Daquan Brown. Um, upon further interviewing, he said, yeah, this was all true. And he saw all of that happen. Um, he said that he assumed that Brittany was dead because right after he heard the gunshots, they went in, grabbed her and threw her into a, a body into a pit of alligators. Right. So that's what he thought in his mind had happened. But five days later, after that, after that incident, he went to his cousin's house, whose name is Herman, in Jacksonboro, South Carolina. And when he walked in, he saw Brittany there, sitting in the chair in the corner of the room. And she was severely drugged, and she was completely out of it and, like, half naked. And he, Had she been shot? So this is where it gets weird. Okay, and she had black eyes. Like, she was visibly, like, beat the fuck up. So he's like, wait a second. That could make sense, though, because when Brittany ran back inside and he heard mm-hmm. the two gunshots, he never saw who they shot or what the body was that they rolled up in the uh, rug and thrown into the gator pits. He just assumed that it was her because it just kind of made sense, you know. But now he's looking at her in the house and he's like, OK, well, who was that in the house that they shot? I'm sure there was like other trafficked girls in there. But um, he's like, well, this is really freaking weird. So basically now FBI is like, oh my gosh, they run a sex trafficking ring out of that stash home, right? How big is this home? It's big. I'm going to, well, it's not huge, but I'm going to post a photo of it. Um, So then he said in late May, a month after she was gone, he was walking again to his cousin Herman's home and he was going to go show him like a car that he bought. So Herman's home was like off of this wooded path um, and it was like by like a bunch of like woods and like lakes and stuff and he said while he was walking he saw a group of men standing outside with Brittany and he said um there was a man there only by the name he only knows this guy by the name of Nate he saw them getting in an argument and he shot her upside the head with a double barrel shotgun twice and as soon as this (laughs) happened uh Taquan turned around and left because he was like I don't want any involvement in this he said he she know- wouldn't have a head anymore. Yeah, and so he said, I saw this happen. So I know for sure I saw Brittany fall to the ground, right? So he said he knows for a fact that this happened, and then he saw them drag her and put her partially waist down into an alligator pit. For them That's to- what I'm saying. Like, if they, if he shot her yeah. in the head with a whatever, I don't right. know much about guns, but right. it, it would have obliterated her. Exactly. So they put some of her into an alligator pit. Now... FBI's like, okay, we need to talk to Herman. Well, Herman died from a heart attack, so FBI could not get a hold of him to question him. One of the main witnesses there was murdered shortly after as well, so they couldn't speak to him either. Oh, my God. So it sounds like this, you know, huge group is just into some, like, trafficking rings of all sorts, right? So you would think that Taquan would be, like, saying all this information to, like, get some jail time taken off or, like, a plea deal. But the FBI confirmed, no, that that is off the table. We told him going into this interview that this is not going to shorten his sentence because he was in there for murder. Shorten his sentence, like, give him a plea deal, nothing. So he didn't really have a reason to be saying any of this information, right? So that's Why, why did they, they do that? So that's why they were like, this guy, I mean, we can't ignore what he's saying, you know. He, he has no... But can't they lie and tell him, like... Yeah, we'll, we'll shorten your sentence, and then they just don't. <laughs> well, they, they, they didn't even lie to him. They were like, no, that's not going to happen. But why? You would think it would incite, well, like, something in him to be like, oh, well, I'm about to tell the yeah, truth. Yeah, but I think because then he could, you know, really start, like, putting on this huge performance, right? Like, this is what happened. This is who was involved. No, he just was like, I'm coming forth. I just want to say this for, you know, the family. Like, he felt bad for the family, pretty much. Okay, so he was, like, a born-again 
I don't freaking know. You ask me questions as if I was in the jailhouse with these people, baby. I only know what I saw on the reports. You would not do well in prison. I would never go. So, I might go for beating these two bitches' ass. That was mean to Brittany. But, I... um, so, FBI did confirm that Brittany Drexel was sexually assaulted, duh, and that she was held hostage for a period How of time. How did they confirm that? Just all the evidence is what they're saying. Like, they were confirming. What evidence? Like, the stories. I, this is confirmation from the FBI. I don't know. I need you to call them. No. So, and they weren't able to confirm that she was held hostage because of the period of time between the stories, right? Um, and when you see the stash house in the area that she stayed, it, like, literally sends chills down your spine because it's this disgusting-looking fucking home. And knowing that this sweet, like, little 17-year-old girl was being bullied by a bunch of her friends and then her last moments in life of her being literally beat by these people, it's horrible. But I'm going to upload that on Instagram as well. So another Can't sad wait. note Another sad note is that so many people came across Brittany while she was being held captive and, like, no one did anything about it because she's being sex trafficked to all these men. Um, I read a report that, I mean, this didn't happen to her per se, but, like, an average, like, young girl being trafficked could see anywhere from, like, up to 30 men a day. And by see, you mean rapes. Rapes, exactly. Okay. So, again, no one did anything. She's on all, like, platforms, like... No one did anything. It's national. Yeah. 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 I thought it was. So, with that being said, you know, still unsolved, no body parts, no evidence. It's mind-boggling to me. So, um, after another interview, he, Taquan, said that her, some of her remains were actually buried in a garden area and then okay. removed. And the remains were dug up and they threw some of them into a gator pit and then some of them were placed in an RV and that was taken to a junkyard. So what's interesting about this though is that police reports do have a report that a nearby neighbor's RV was stolen and then found at a junkyard. And this was months after her abduction? Mm -hmm. This is after she was shot at Herman's house. They dug up her body again and put it in the so, RV. So, but the police didn't find out about this until 2016. Yes. This okay. is like, this is, 2016 is when he came out to give all this information. Okay. So, this so there's is what, no way they can like go back really right. and look at. No. And because things. in the junkyard, they crushed the cars. Yeah. And the mob is notorious for doing this. That's how you, they used to hide bodies in evidence as well. They would put it in a um, car and take it to the junkyard. And yeah. So it's a used tactic. Okay, so keep in mind, 2016, Timothy Deshaun Taylor had another detention hearing for the McDonald's robbery in 2011. Right. Um, This is when FBI agent Jarek Munoz took the stand and said that Taylor was the main suspect in the Brittany Drexel disappearance. He said, quote, we have had several people come to give testimony outlining Mr. Taylor's involvement in this. Um. He also did testify um, that many people have came up to Jarek and said that they witnessed Drexel's, disappear- or Drexel's disappearance and they witnessed her being killed and thrown into the gator pit. And when the FBI went to go search these gator pits, nothing. So he did confirm that there was a search and several witnesses have come up to him to testify that they did see this happening. Um, also, just to mention, like, they and they brought this up in the court that gators when they eat humans or animals i don't know why i said humans it's not i guess they eat humans kind of not often but they can i mean yeah but when they eat like animals and stuff they don't just eat like the good parts of it they eat literally everything including the bones um, clothes 
everything. Yeah. So Jarek mentioned like there was even a lot of boars in that area that, you know, like they're like scavengers. They'll eat anything yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. he was like, the likelihood of us finding her body is slim. Well, to they that. would have already yeah. digested. and Right. And then this is also what, seven years later. Yeah, so there's it's no been way. a while. So they have to kill the animal basically to check it. Right. Right. Or unless they, unless they found like fecal matter. But I mean, that's. Again, this has been seven years since. So that's, that's he's basically like, how did they look? Right. So basically, they're saying like, I I think this is going to go. We're not going to find her body, pretty much. But this is what he believes. Um, and then he kind of wrapped it up and said uh, he he thinks that Brittany was sought out. Okay. He said uh, he thinks that Deshaun Taylor and all of his friends kind of showed her off because she was beautiful and used her with some of his friends, tricked Brittany out to their friends. And then tricked her out to the public. And once, um, you know, she was on all these media platforms and shit, because this was national news, they got scared and they killed her. <laughs> um, so, and this is, we're wrapping this up right now, but Timothy Deshaun Taylor's mom and wife, Joan Taylor, were in the court no. and said, no, um, this is absurd. This did not happen to him. They were like, he only has one arm and <laughs> that it would be extremely difficult for him to grab a girl off the streets. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that function with just one arm. I mean, your hand was broken for a while and you handled it just fine, right? <laughs> you know a lot of one-armed people, Cody? Well, I'm saying uh, the girl on Soul Surfer, she was a surfer and she, to this day, is able to do all sorts of stuff. Um, I also, one of my friend's dad's arm was missing. He got uh, cut off by a train and he's completely fine. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I think you just kind of adapt, especially like it happened when he was four years old. It's not like it happened like, you know, a yeah. year. I mean, like, you're, he, he, that's all he knows. You're already, I mean, you're still learning like gross motor skills. And right. Stuff at that point. So I mean, he's yeah. just, I don't think that that stood a chance in court. Well, maybe they were also scared, the mom and the Yeah, of girlfriend. course. <laughs> and then also another thing that they brought up in court is that he was 16 at the time of Brittany's abduction. That I did not know. No, that I was shocking. thinking in my, man, in my head that this is like a grown-ass man, but it, it's not. He was so 16. So his dad was younger then, too. Yeah, so he was 16. That's um, gross. When That's... this happened. and But like, keep in mind, like, she was only 5 foot 100 pounds. It didn't, he didn't, it didn't need like two arms to coat, like grab her. I mean, like, is this kid in high school? At the time, I don't know. It sounds like he was hanging around, like, a lot of bad people. I'm not even sure if he went to school. At 16, why is he even involved in this trafficking shit? His I dad. guess because his dad. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, um, so, and it's worth mentioning, like, again, that no one has been fully charged on this. This is just still mm-hmm. the prime suspect to this day. Right. Um, so, to wrap it up, NBC News 10 did interview Timothy Deshaun Taylor again in 2019. So, what, three oh. years ago? And when they asked him if they had if he had anything to say to Britney's family, he used the phrase, quote, I apologize for their loss. Um, so that was kind of a ringer to them. He didn't say, like, you know, he's saying it kind of sounds like he might have done it. He apologizes for their loss. And he said, you know, he's sorry for what happened. He's not saying I did it, but that was just kind of like a hmm. It kind of, it could come across, right? That he was involved in it. I think. Okay. Um, so, FBI does confirm that this is what they think is the story. Okay. Um, I know it's kind of weird to use that word confirm because that, to me, sounds like it's solidified that this is what happened. But without a body, this is basically the story that they are saying has, has That's happened. That's just so weird to right. me because it's like there is nothing... 
to say that's just like hearsay, they never right? went in the house and looked to see so another thing is since that house um they wanted to go check out the house it blew up in flames so someone burned it to the ground and they have video so it's arson yeah so they have pictures of the house on fire <laughs> okay on so then that too is very right sus, yeah like... i'm glad you brought that up because i kind of left that out but yeah so the house went up in flames shortly after. Um, I think when they kind of FBI was like onto something, they were like, "Oh shit, hide the evidence." Burn. Or like anything in here. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, she wouldn't be the only person. And also, not only that, but like you're you're selling guns, and oh. drugs, and shit. There's a lot of shit that they could get. Well, that's up. what I'm saying. Right. She wasn't the only one. Right. So to this day, the case is still cold. Um, they are still actively working on it, though. Um, but no evidence has been came out has came out since so that's where we're at so it's a hard one like i said it's a missing person story but it's like now you think it's a murder typically right i think it's a murder i don't think she's alive i hope by the grace of god wouldn't that be amazing kind of like the amanda berry case she came out 11 years later people thought she was dead that would be amazing if britney came out what Um, life would she be living right so yeah that's the case of Brittany Drexel, so justice to Brittany. Well, I have these pimples and will never go anywhere in the dark again or by myself. Thank you. Or Myrtle Beach. Ew, no. <laughs> and Club Kryptonite, I will say this. I will go I, there. Well, it's closed. Damn it. I know. But we can find one like that. Please. Sure. Only if Kryptonite spelled with a K. It is spelled with a K. Is it really spelled yeah. to be spelled? Yeah, I think it's like Club with a K, Kryptonite with a K. And I'm going to post a photo of this place, what it looks like. It looks like goofy. Like, it looks like a place that I would never go. Yeah. So, that's it. You did a good job. Thanks. All right. We love these. We love the freaking crazy shit. People are like, that, do a scary one. I'm just still like. People are like, do a scary one. I'm like, okay, that so- is terrifying. Well, I'm saying like, do like a spooky haunted one. Oh. I'm like, those are kind of boring for me. No, they freak me out, too. Especially, like, if you tell me something at night and then you leave and then I have to be here by myself and any little noise, I think. Yeah, the man upstairs, not God, the big the big dude. Oh, big boy, yeah. I swear he has a horse up there that walks around, that he rides. Um, <laughs> what if he listens to this podcast? <laughs> he probably hears us. He hears us through the vents. Uh, he heard you witch dancing or whatever the hell you were doing until 2 a.m. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. All right. Well, next time, next time is your case. So I'm ready to sit back and relax. Oh, Actually, you know me. I'll probably come out with the case too, damn. I know. You, you're you like nonstop. You can't. You it's have to fun. Like show me every time. I know. I left this one a secret though. You did almost until the very end. Right. All right. Peace out, motherfuckers. And if you're listening to this and you're in high school and you're 16, 17, don't go to spring break. Stay at home and spend time with your mama and bake cookies and just be a grown. So creepy. Be a grown bitch. You can drink and have fun when you're 21. But if you're still in high school, bitch, stay home and help your mom and help your mom fold the clothes. Because I wish I would have done that at that age. Because your mom just has years and years worth of laundry she hasn't done now. Well, just spend time. Fold the panties. Fold her thongs. Just spend time. Oh, please don't take that advice. Because when Goodbye. I was when I was sixteen, I was like 
uh, almost said evacuating. I was jumping out windows to escape. I'm sorry, can we talk about when you were younger and you would invite certain friends over that eat just people and you were in the bath and you were like, go oh, get Kayla. this for me? Yeah, oh, Kayla, yeah. She, uh, I'm, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> she might be listening to this because the bitch is weird. Oh my God, bye. <laughs> bye.